Hello and welcome to Fragmenters, the most entertaining podcast that I've found where you get to have a conversation with business women who are enthusiastic about life, work, and money. We love building up other women and getting them ready for their new careers. Hello and welcome back to Fragmenters, my friends. I have another one from overseas. We are talking with Sky Barber today, and she is here to tell you all about her new tech app that she is co-developing. Tell us a little bit more about this, Sky. Oh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm really looking forward to this conversation today. So yeah, I'm really excited to be sharing that we are just in pilot phase. We're going to be launching officially next month our Ooh. brand new financial tech app. And I can tell you, if I ever thought as a young child I was going to be involved in technology or anything to do with finance, I would have like fallen off my chair. It is not a strength at all. But in years in the coaching and consulting industry, I really saw a niche and a business partner based in Florida and I have come together to create an app that makes managing your finance in business a hell of a lot simpler and being able to pay yourself. Nice. So this is for if you own a financing business, it's not a financial thing for everyone. Okay. So the, the, the person this is for is a coach or consultant, like a service-based provider. You're probably early on in your, in your business. You may have a few people you outsource to, but predominantly the business is you in the personal brand space or coaching space. But numbers is not your thing. You are all about people and making a great impact. But when it comes to like managing your money and also knowing what you can or cannot buy or pay yourself, you wait till the end of the year to, for your accountant to tell you what you're allowed to draw or not. Or you base things on how much money is in your bank account and that's whether you can make the decision or not. What we've done, because I have been there and had all these problems myself, is we've developed a piece of technology that links to your own bank account and is you're able to like set goals and be able to have targets and it link to how much, like, what are you driving this business for? Like Lindsay and I, who's my co-founder, right, are really passionate about us as entrepreneurs. Like we so often put other people's needs before our own. Mm-hmm. And we're on an absolute mission for business owners to put themselves first. Because when we look after our health, when we look after our, you know, our fitness levels, when we look after our diet, our sleep, our, our finances, then we can have such a bigger impact on the world because all of a sudden it becomes like worthwhile and we're in a good place and it has such a positive impact on everyone around us. But you probably know yourself, Dina, that it's not like, it's not always the case. Lots of people do that last and you're the, everyone else gets paid before, like every contractor gets paid. You're reinvest, reinvest, reinvest the whole time. And Actually, you don't ever think to like take money out of the company or like, what is this all for? Mm -hmm. Um, So our app allows in a really fun, beautiful way, allows you to focus the business on meeting your needs. That might be your personal needs of the, the dream you've got for you and your family. It focuses on that and means that you don't have to wait for your bookkeeper or accountant to tell you what money you do or don't have in your account. You know you've got your taxes covered. You know you've got profit covered in the business. 
you know what you can pay yourselves and you know you've got your expenses. So it's the whole principle of like, you know, the Dave Ramsey, like envelope thing. I've forgotten what it's mm-hmm. called. Or Mike McCallick's like profit first. The principles are the same. We've added a few extra cool features to it, but it's all <laughs> automated. So you don't have to worry your bank account like syncs up to it and it just happens for you. That sounds amazing. Having owned multiple businesses and trying to keep the books and wearing all the hats at the same time, trying to figure out how much you you can make mm-hmm. is so much stress. So that is a huge stress reliever. Oh my gosh, I am so excited. And not only that, but one of the things that I've realized and that I'm trying to kill the stigma is women talking about money. And I know that this app isn't just for women, it's for anyone in finance Mm -hmm. and coaching world, but having a women-owned app, I'm more Mm -hmm. intrigued in looking into it. And it promotes women talking about finances, about money. Yeah. And especially caring for yourself with your money. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And instead of it just being like, you know, in our industry, a lot of people talk about, oh, I want $10,000 turnover months or whatever it might be, the six figure business. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, unless that can actually mean something to you in your life, like you can just spend yourself being super busy doing all of the things. Now, I know business takes investment. I know it takes work to get up and going. And I'm not saying it's like a silver, like no silver bullet solution. But I also know from experience myself that I invested in things that I probably, you know, I should have weighed up. Do I want to, I don't know, upgrade something in my home? Or do I want to pay off this credit card bill? Or do I want to, something to be personal, but I was keeping it so separate And because I wasn't allowing myself, I didn't trust myself to take the money from the business. I had scarcity mindset, but what happens if I never make any money again? Like, what if there's this? I have to have the safety net the whole time. And what the app allows is for you to create your own safety net. And that can be different for every single person. Some people might just like happy with like a 2% safety net. I like a 20% safety net. Um, you know, I like to know that everyone's wages are covered for six months. If I was to never make another sale again, it's just the way I'm built, but not everyone is like that. But knowing I have that safety net meant that in like putting these principles in place before COVID, for example, COVID hit, I lost all my offline consultancy um, retainer clients. So it's like 10,000 pounds a month mm-hmm. in retainer income. And I sat there with my team and I was like, it's okay. I've got six months worth of wages. Obviously, I'm not going to wait until six months before we start making redundancy. Right, right, right. We've, got, we've got three months here of headroom. At the time, I was also five months pregnant. So I was thinking, Ooh, like, yeah, it was a lot. But because of the principles I had in place, I knew and I could be really open with my team. I teach team building in my other business. So, you know, I have to be, I kind of have to preach, uh, (laughs) preach that and like do what I talk about. Um, But because I had them on board, it just meant the whole thing was so much smoother. And actually within the next, I don't know, three weeks, we made like 60K and I started online businesses and digital products and it was all completely different. But I feel so passionate about this app because too many, typically women, I may have a larger ear listening for those, but too many people say like, I don't do numbers. I don't do maths. I don't do money. I'm no good with money. Mm -hmm. I'm no good with this. I can't have the money in my account because I will just spend it. But I believe that money in the right hands, is only going to have positive things. So it's like, how can we, how can we help entrepreneurs do this better? 
you're right. This is definitely something that was needed. And I'm so excited that you guys are filling it. So you never thought you'd be tech. I'm guessing uh-huh. you don't have any type of formal education in that. Mm-mm-mm. No, no, no. People are my thing. <laughs> people, people, people are my thing. And, you know, oh, goodness me, like computer lessons. Um, I know I can't build a website. Honestly, I am not good with tech. My business partner, she's very good with like front end tech and she sells mm-hmm. software as part of Keep. She's one of like their top uh, partners. She has a whole automation agency and a consulting business. She is like the most incredible human. So very lucky she's my business partner. But when it comes to code or things back of house, like neither of us have an interest enough to learn the stuff or it be a particular strength. And I teach do what you do best and get help with the rest. So I'm all about understanding the people, understanding the problem, knowing what we need as a solution, but finding the right partners and and app developers, which has been a journey to (laughs) to help us get there. So Lindsay and I come from slightly different backgrounds, but the, the thing we have in common is we work with coaches and consultants who don't have enough time, who don't have their finger on the pulse of their business when it comes to numbers. And we just knew if I need this app, then someone else does too. So that's a kind of how we went on this journey. But HQ, it starts with the financial app, but our whole principle is about making the back office operation of your small business, of your coaching and consulting or service-based business easier and simpler. So it's going to be easier to delegate. It's going to be easier to talk to team members. It's going to be easier to know what you're doing each day. That's our whole vision. Right now, we have to start with the smallest bit, which is around the finance side of things. And what we're doing is we're doing something very innovative. I can never say that word, like new. And it's like a hybrid model. We're bringing in accountability. So in the coaching and consulting space, you pay a lot of money for accountability and strategy. For under $30 a month, starting point, we're going to be bringing in accountability with the app. So you'll have someone, a human being, which is where the people bit comes in. Yeah. Saying like, oh, you know, you set the goal for $5,000 this month. Like you're so nearly there. There's there's four weeks, four days left in the month. Like, what are you going to do? Like, how are you, where are you focusing your time? What profit generating tasks are you doing? Like, oh my God, you did this last month. That was amazing. Or, you know, being there and being your cheerleader, because I don't know about you, but we felt lonely in the entrepreneurial space. And sometimes it's too easy when you don't have a boss you don't have to report to anyone about whether you did it or not you just let yourself down most of the time so we're trying to solve these little problems in our app that's awesome and I have to tell you you said if I need it someone else does that is literally why this podcast exists oh yeah I was looking for this podcast I found some where you could find women in male-dominated fields but it was usually very structured, which is good. It was very informational, but I got into podcasting because I like having a pocket best friend. You know, (laughs) you have little best friends in your pocket you get to listen to. And that's what I felt was missing in the career space for women. Mm. And we are more I wouldn't say that we're more people driven than men are because they obviously have to network and stuff, but we're definitely built more compassionate and we want to know the person more than we want to know what they've done. Yes, it's yeah. exciting that I work in nuclear and have worked at gold mines mm-hmm. and you're a 
you're a farmer, your yeah. family is farming. Wife you know? and, mm-hmm. Yeah. So I love learning about everyone and not just what they do, because I can yeah. give you all the acronyms and technical jargon, which is great. And it's definitely something that I want women to know, but we're not here for more acronyms. I'm definitely not here for acronyms. I'm over them. <laughs> no. But when I was in corporate, it was all acronyms and like secret mm-hmm. squirrel language that you use. And that's one thing I would say, you know, in this startup, like it's all men. It's all every developer mm-hmm. we speak to is men. I sit in a room, I was with an agency the other day and I was, I, Lindsay couldn't make it. So I was the only woman like all these different languages. I mean, I can't, I'm very dyslexic as well. I cannot say their names. I'm struggling. And and I am the type of person that will always say like, look, my heart and sleeve kind of girl. I don't understand what you mean by blah, 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 blah. Like, what are we talking about? And some people just feel really stupid, but I'm so used to raising it from coming from a male dominated industry in the UK before starting my own business. I'm so used to being the young female raising their hand, being like, I'm not so young anymore. I'd just like to add. But at the time I was pretty young female raising my hand being like, I don't understand. Like, what's this? And most men would sit and look at me and be like, hmm. And then they say to me afterwards, I don't know either. I just couldn't say. And so there is this, mm-hmm. there was this really like weird dynamic shift that I felt in this startup that reminded me of being in my male dominated kind of corporate career and trying to, where I used to in my early twenties, trying to like prove myself to the men, like as though I had to be as strong as them. I had to be as resilient as them. I had to be as assertive as them. And, but, but intrinsically I had this whole responsible, self-sacrificing, empathetic, emotional part of me, which actually was the reason why people wanted to work for me in my corporate career. But I used to try and hide it the whole time because I was a bit ashamed of that, that one. And it wasn't until I hit burnout doing all the things that I thought I should be doing rather than doing all the things I wanted to do and I, and I should have led in my way, but I didn't really feel like that was what culturally was expected. Right. And I was in hospital for three days and having a suspected brain aneurysm. Oh my it God. was work stress. And I thought, something's got to change here. And it was a coach. And this is how I got into coaching because it was a coach who sat me down. I was like, Sky. You got you're you got to do something here. Like if you do not change the way you are working, this is not going to just affect your career. This isn't going to affect your health. This is going to affect your relationships. This is going to affect your whole life. Yeah, you've got to do something different. And that was a real wake up call for me. Of like, you can't just copy other people. You have to, and not copying like trying to do that inauthentically. Just copying because I thought that was the tick the box type of behaviors. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm going totally off tangent here, but no, 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 it, it's very true. And I found myself doing that in my career at the gold mine. I put in 50 to 80 hours a week. I worked myself to the bone until they reevaluated our job structure, I'm air quoting everyone, <laughs> but they reevaluated. They took 10% of my pay and they essentially. And did they take 10% of the responsibility? Me. No, of course not. So, yeah, they demoted me and I had given them so much. And I was like, 
fuck you guys. I'm, I'm out. I'm done. And Mm. I had incredibly harsh boundaries. I did not put in over 40 hours, did not do it again. I was, even if something was on fire, not literally, I'm an IT, not a firefighter, (laughs) but, um, we would have servers down bad uh, that we're trying to recover. And I would work my ass off during the day. And then whatever time I left five o'clock peace out. I just walked out because yeah, it, I didn't get hospitalized, thankfully, but I know so many women who have that they work themselves into a serious medical condition. Yeah. And, and I think it's, it's, it's yes, the physical hours, I was doing really long physical hours and not looking after mm-hmm. myself and not sleeping, but the unable to switch off, it felt as bad as like my own business. And I was thinking, everyone talks about having your own business being stressful. And I'm from a very entrepreneurial, male dominated family. Um, and they worked their butts off and I never saw them. And my mom gave up her career to look after us four children. And again, that's kind of why I started this business. But I I saw like you had to work hard as an entrepreneur, but I was already taking all this responsibility. And even in my holidays, I was working, like in weekends, like I was working. It, and then yet I had no control over it. And it wasn't, I'm particularly controlling. I just looked at my boss's job and I thought, I don't want that. And food retail, we'd gone through the 2008 crisis, which is kind of where I got like fast tracked. I was in there for like nearly 10 years. I got moved all around to different stores, but mostly operationally, operational focus. So, you know, running teams of like 250 people, 400, four, 45 million pound turnover businesses. And I was like 27 at the time and, and a bit beyond. And I just thought, this is all very well and good, but do I want to bring up a family in this situation? And I was about to get engaged. Well, I was engaged. I was about to get married. I was like, no. I don't. I'd rather be working this hard on something that actually I had complete control over in terms of financial control, of time control and freedom and flexibility, and of creative control. Not feeling like you're in a box. You could only do this job. That's it. I could buy a business. I could do what I want. Now, here's the myth. And I don't know if you know the e-myth by Michael Gerber. I can never say his name either. Brilliant book. But he talks about the entrepreneurial myth, which is the book's title of like, you think you're going to start your business for this flexibility and freedom. And then you do it. And you're like, I'm working way more. I'm crazy. I'm a crazy person. (laughs) But because of my background, I knew how to not do that bit. But what I didn't know was how, so I, I was working like a lot, but having a better balance and knowing how to like manage it around my family. But I didn't know how to pay myself. Like, and that sounds so stupid. You're like, sky, like just take the money from the accountant. Which you, but I, I was having nightmares that like the inland revenue, the, the tax people and the, like the tax police in the UK mm-hmm. would turn up on the door and like put me in jail because I'd done something right. wrong. I was getting so worried about like, I don't know, losing my house over that. And my house has nothing to do with my business, but you are so dramatic about these things. I'm going to lose my house if I can't like pay my tax bill or something. I mean, it was ridiculous. But so I lived in this scarcity mindset the whole time, kept the money in the business. And whilst it kind of sat there, it also kind of, you know, I was, I was, I was building it. I was, I was just not really spending much. And then something would come up that I didn't necessarily need in the business, like another mastermind or group coaching program, but you know, shiny object and it may help to the next level. So I'd invest, invest, invest. And I was like two years old. I was like, hang on a minute. I haven't paid myself a penny. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. And this is where 
the app started coming in because I started looking around me and being like, neither she, neither she, neither she, neither she. <laughs> I'm not alone here. Yep. And then, you know, the app and the practicality is only one part of it, of course. But when we are hooked on, you know, the money meaning something and it not just being like, you know, it's because we want something. It doesn't have to be materialistic things. It could be memories or whatever. But I've just got so much more drive for what I do. Mm -hmm. I actually spoke with someone and she helps people who have a corporate background that decide to become entrepreneurs. She helps guide them into the new headspace that you have to have because with a corporate background, you are, you are such and such, and you are worth this much per hour. And you have to have a goal of making more per hour. And that's who you are. You're not a person. You're not a creativity. You're not what you bring. You're just a dollar per hour. Mm. Right. And when you become an entrepreneur, you see everything that you're doing and that's what you are. You're no longer a dollar per hour. And Mm -hmm. you don't know how to pay yourself because you don't have someone saying this is what you're worth. Yeah, there's no like framework anymore of, you know, this is the job title, this is the badge, this is Mm -hmm. the grading, this is the pay rate. And the other thing is like, it is still your money. And not everyone has this problem. Lindsay, my business partner, we're lovely yin and yang. She has no problem. She paid herself straight off the get-go nine or $10,000 a month, like straight away. But that is because she was the breadwinner. So her, she, when she had her baby, her husband, I just need to make sure you get this right. Her husband stayed at home, gave up his career and she went straight into her own business. Mm -hmm. And so if they did not bring that money in, she could not pay the mortgage. She could not pay the bills. She could not sort herself out. Maybe didn't start off quite that much, but it's built to that much. Right. And I look at her and it's like amazing. And and she looks at my situation. She's like, how can you not pay yourself? I'm like, because I didn't need it. Now, does that mean I am ridiculously spoiled? I mean, yes, I am ridiculously spoiled. I live a lovely life. But <laughs> in the sense that my house was part of my husband's job. So he doesn't get paid much cash. He got a house, he's a farmer, get a house mm-hmm. and our bills. So I was paying for like food. And at the time, I didn't have any childcare or anything. So I didn't have any children at that point. And I, I basically had, I, I saved for my corporate career. So I had this like nest egg to start my business. And I was just living in this world of, yeah, but I don't need it. And if I, you know, it's not enough to want, I've got to need it. And right. then all of a sudden the stuff came up around being selfish and egotistical and who am I? And I still get that now. Mm-hmm. There are still times when I'm like, I can't give myself, I can't pay myself more. Like that means I'm, I'm earning more than my team or something like that, which uh, Sky, that should happen. Like right. you've just taken five <laughs> years out to build this business, blood, sweat and tears and all the risk. If there's not a reward, what's the point? But it's so easy to become employee mindset and, and not, mm-hmm. and not, yeah. And just needing like a bit of structure to say, you can take that money. Right. And not wait to the, my accountant at the end of the year being like, yeah, you made profit. Here you go. Which right. you know, is nice. <laughs> it's definitely something that we need. I am horrible at paying myself. Our first business, it's established. We're profitable. We take our money. Our next two businesses, 
we're still not paying ourselves. So it's, it's somewhere where I can see that. I mean, my husband, he is like the, the GM of our dry cleaning and laundromat business. So he gets paid a salary wage, but as owners, we're not taking anything. Although we just opened, we had our first month, we took a $15,000 loss. So we knew it would happen. We have to, you know, upgrade yeah. and get stuff going, but yeah, it's very, uh, it's difficult making that, uh, making that shift too. And, and that's the thing, you know, I am not immune to the fact that like, you know, you should be paying yourself and like business and, but a lot of the businesses we work with and we see a low barrier to entry their personal brand space with very low costs, very high margins mm-hmm. that in reality, and it's, and it's often the business owner's time. So in those instances, we passionately believe the business owner should be paid to do mm-hmm. that. Now, if I was being from retail, if I was to set up a shop, I appreciate it. I got a rent space, buy space, buy stock. There's a low more cost labor to man it and all of that stuff. There's so many more costs that yeah, it's going to take a while. And I, I, set up, ran and sold a hospitality business before COVID. And it took, it took us millions to get going. Mm-hmm. We sold it for millions, but it, it, it was high stakes, high numbers. And the first four months were not profitable. Mm-hmm. And then we got going. I completely get that it's not all about just taking money from the business before, you know, that's, I think, something that we're really passionate about being responsible and it being sustainable. Mm -hmm. But we believe that it's not sustainable if you just work for like less than minimum wage, because if you were to advertise that job, no one would do it. So why are you? Correct. (laughs) That is true. That is true. (laughs) So what was your biggest obstacle getting this off the ground? Mm. Part was like my own mindset. So I'll give two answers to if that's okay. One was around my own mindset thinking like, mm-hmm. this is technology. I know nothing about it. I'm going into a whole new world. Like, I don't know what I don't know. I don't even know to ask the questions of what I need to ask. Like, I'm going to look so stupid in a man's world. Like, how is this going to work? Mm-hmm. But once I got over that and realized, actually, if I don't give this a go, I'm going to live with regret. And actually, mm-hmm. let's just give this a go. The next big challenge was finding some developers that actually could interpret our wants and needs at a price point that didn't make us want to like run away scared because we were getting some like people being like, oh, it's $50,000 to go. I'm like, for a minimum viable product, we're not even talking about a a code-based app. This is a no-code app. So my understanding, which I've learned, means it's basically like plug and play. It's the equivalent of going like a WordPress website versus a Squarespace or Wix website where you can just like play around with the builder. Right. It's not quite as, I mean, I'm not playing around with the code, like let's not get, <laughs> but it's like building <laughs> blocks. I'm still not going to go to that, which of course, you know, because you're in IT. So sorry. Yes. <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't everyone, know that. Yeah. Not everyone's in IT. Exactly. So that, but that's how basic I went to. I had to even ask the other day, like, what's a native app? Like, I didn't even understand that. What's a web-based app versus a native app? So there's all these hurdles, but finding that the developer was the biggest thing because neither of us know enough to be dangerous and to like peek in the back end and be able to like, oh, that doesn't or be able to ask like good questions. And that worries me because we're building a tech business and neither of us are t- massively techie. 
mm-hmm. which is a challenge. So one of the biggest hurdles we've found so far is finding, is going, uh, because, you know, you're going to want to change things. We're learning with feedback and stuff all the time, but it's that whole trusting people with a fairly significant amount of money to build something that you have a vision for that's not their baby. Right. Yeah. Giving up that control. <laughs> it's not necessarily the control. It's more um, the it, my inability to know, to, to hold thread of the conversation. Does that make sense? Like, yes. If, if, if someone says to me, oh yeah, but this bit doesn't work. The logic doesn't work because of this, that, and the other, and this. And I'm like, okay, so I can't be part of the solution brainstorming here because I have no idea. And when we find solution number two, maybe it's my dyslexic mind. It's filed the issue of, of one, some random place in my brain that I can no longer find. Uh-huh. And so I can't tell the story of the app of how we got, and, I'm, and I can tell the story of the app of how we, we built it, but I can't of the, the actual tangibles, what we've tried, mm-hmm. what we haven't tried. When we do this logic, that changes the percentage part and we don't know how to categorize blah, 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 blah. So I, I feel a bit blind with it. And that control scares me because to be honest, anyone could be building any old thing and I wouldn't know. Right. You know, I actually completely understand. So my husband, he's done QA, web development, all of that stuff. And I always say there's two different types of nerds. He's the super code-based techie nerd and I'm the GUI. And GUI is the graphic user interface. Yeah. <laughs> so the the one on the front end that does all the pretty stuff and he's like in the you know in the dark corner room yeah. with the trench coat, no light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, we needed one yeah. of those. And right. Lindsay and I said like, "Oh, this person looks great. He's like maybe he's going to be geeky enough for us." Mhm. And yeah. she's more like not quite to the same extent as yours, but yeah, she's like built, she's all into like funnel building and landing page mm-hmm. builders and stuff. So can understand it from like a front end viewpoint, but yeah, not nowhere near enough of like the deep nerdy right. tech. Right. So when we're building our websites for our businesses, he's like, how does this look? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. And he's like, did you not see how when I scrolled, this little thing went blah and this took seven lines of code. And I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. I did not recognize that. And then I'll be like, Hey, can we have it? So when you click on this, it pops up a new window. And he's like, no. It doesn't do that. And I'm like, I've seen it on other websites. He's like, no, you don't understand the application and the blah, 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 blah acronyms. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, but so exactly I totally that. get it. <laughs> and, and when, okay, he's your husband. There's hopefully a lot of trust there. We're dealing yes. with people who sometimes don't even speak the same language right? Um, with a third party in the middle. And you're like, well, how, how, how do I test this? Like, how do I know? Like, and I'm all about people management and team building and bringing people in together. And one of the first things I teach is like, you set the expectation and then you like say whether someone's exceeded or under, you know, bridge the gap. Mm-hmm. But, you know, black and white problems. Oh, it's not working. I understand that. Or yeah, it's working. I understand that. But I have no idea whether it's tidy or well presented or, or whether this is something that's built to last at least until the next developer like looks, peeks in the back and goes, oh my goodness. It's like, complete we mess. gotta start over yeah which is what has happened 
basically, oh long story gosh. short, they moved the logic so much. And bearing in mind, we had like spreadsheets. We worked with some advisors who helped us build the spreadsheets out. I didn't do, even do any of this stuff. So we had all the logic working on a spreadsheet, all, all the data, everything, all of the plans. We had all of the designs. What's it? UX, UI. I always get confused with what's what. All of the designs. And they literally had to just like make it happen, plug all the pieces together. And because he kept making it, my understanding is there was errors being made and he'd like patchwork the errors. But mm -hmm. then because of the patchwork, it would send more errors to something else. Mm -hmm. So it was like a whole thing of patchwork quilts rather than one blooming color. And so when we had another person look at it because we needed an integration, like, I don't know, something to make the bank talk to the app, then he was like, um, this needs like, this could have like a major repair job or we could just send this to the scrap heap and buy a new car. I was like, yeah, this is language I understand. I think we just, for the, for the, for the return on investment, like, and time and just emotional drain, let's like take lessons and put the scrap on the scrap heap and buy a new car. Oofta. But you've gotten it, right? Yes. Well, okay, good. I say that. I was like, we're, we're in it. Our pilot, we're in it. We pulled the pilot. The next round is about to go. Yeah. Okay. Yay. <laughs> progress. But progress is being made. It's beautiful. We're in it. It's working. It will be fine. So what's, I, I have my opinion of what I think has helped you the most, but what's helped you the most in getting this going and almost there? I think it's the relationship I've got with Lindsay. She is like, she's amazing. We are, we call ourselves like soul sisters. I mm -hmm. worked out yesterday. I was like, I actually have only met her four times in person ever. But she feels like she's part of my life. Like we've known each other five or six years, five years. And I just said to her, it was my idea, this idea, this thing, but I just had no idea what to do. And an idea is worth nothing. You've got to actually do something with it. Mm -hmm. And she was bouncing some stuff off of me and, and I just said to her, look, Lindsay, like, I don't want to do this on my own. I do my whole business on my own, other business on my own. I want to do this with someone and I don't want to do it with anyone else other than you. Would you be up for it? And we just, yeah, she's great when I'm less so. I'm great when she's less so. We mm -hmm. big each other up. We've got each other to like talk to. We had some, have some amazing advisors who really believe in us as like women in business, as well as the, the idea and platform that we're creating. And that's been a massive help. Um, and I just, sometimes, even with all the stuff we had the developers, you feel like a little bit disheartened. But, you know, we've mm -hmm. interviewed 50 people and I just have to get on a call with someone, show them what we're doing, talk to them about it. And they're like, oh, I need this. And we've had people, we've got a paid waiting list. We've had people paying on it and waiting all year to get the app. Um, and that's something to be said in that. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you feel it's imperative for women to be in this field. Yeah. I absolutely do. I have always felt like having a, a diverse group of people in any scenario, friendship, work, streams, what, whatever it might be, who you listen to, like it just opens your mind to a different way of thinking. Mm -hmm. And all those boardrooms I sat in with just typically a 40 or 50 year old white man would only get, I'm not saying you'd only get one viewpoint, but they would miss like huge fundamental viewpoints of like the working mom or, 
you know, and I can't talk about like that many different, but like for me, mm-hmm. I'd also look at it from a neurodivergent perspective. And actually it, the conversation became so thin and narrow and like we, I, to have diversity allows us to have a richness in conversation. And from my understanding is that, it, and I'm relatively new in the tech space. I'm yet to speak to a woman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yet to speak to a woman. Hi. I mean, you, obviously. <laughs> but like, I mean, in terms of the app development space. So the people right. I'm working to, with, with app developers, the people who have w- built apps. That I've, that's just a lie. There is one other lady that I have spoken to about the app she's built. But it is vastly male-dominated mm-hmm. as far as I can see. And to me, that means there's opportunity. Yes. Because who's talking to the people who need the thing that we need? Right. Well, and that's the thing. Men are very good at asking for money and men are very good at paying themselves. They're brought up different. I can go on a whole tangent about it, but they're brought up differently and they have the confidence that women don't innately have. We can grow it and build it. And I'm getting there because I've put in a shit ton of work and worked with a lot of men and learned from them. But they don't know this is an issue. They have no issues walking in a room and demanding attention and 10,000 extra dollars. It's just another Tuesday for them. For us, we're shitting our pants for a year, working up the courage to ask for a $2 raise. Mm. So they don't, there are so many things that I feel aren't being addressed like this app that you're talking about, just because in a male dominated world, they don't, they can't know what we need help with. Hmm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. But yeah, I think having difference of opinion and, and also I feel, I feel sometimes like, I felt sorry for my colleagues when they were sat there being like, I want to ask a question, but I don't look stupid. And I just didn't have that. I was like, hand up, I'll ask the question. And so you almost saw like a sigh of relief, like the pressure, they didn't have to be like something or be your alpha male or, uh, and, and so having that difference in the guys that they always laugh at me just because I'm like, right, can I just recap? Can I just like, I know I'm just talking about this in my language, mm-hmm. but I need to be able to explain this to other people who do not get this. Right. As well, like the clients. And I think it allows them to see, for me, I simplify stuff. And that simplification helps them see a different angle. So it's like mm-hmm. a win-win. Yeah, for sure. Now, if someone else was wanting to build their own app mm-hmm. and didn't know like what they were entering into like you did, what advice would you give them? Don't start by building it. <laughs> the best <laughs> idea in the world, but you've got to have conversation. There's a principle that Lindsay and I have gone by in every single thing. We don't make anything. We don't do anything until we've sold it. And so we sell the idea before we actually invested anything into the product, into development. And everything is about what's the quickest, simplest, easiest way we can test this. So simple things like instead of we're going to do these whole like onboarding calls and and goal setting sessions. So we started charging for those and just seeing if there was uptake for it as a standalone thing. 
Mm. We did this whole like planning, um, profit planning party where we were like planning for profit and what are you going to spend it on? How do you pay yourself? It was great research. And also people paid for that. And then they came into the wait list for the app after that. People, we had people paying to be in the pilot. It was all of this. And, and lots of people don't do it like that. We were in this um, advisory group and they were like, what? People are paying for stuff already? And we're like, yeah, our whole concept is that we test and validate through money, like not as much money and right. small numbers. But if you can do it 10 times, you can do it 50. If you do it 50, you can do 100, et cetera. And so I see too many people just go and waste. And this is the same like building websites or building funnels where I went and spent ages and thousands of pounds building a blimmin' sales funnel and running Facebook ads. <laughs> could get them on a call, didn't have a clue what I was doing and then didn't sell anything because I'd never sold the offer in the first place, never validated anything. So don't waste time and money doing all the highfalutin stuff. Find someone who's done it before you, get some help. That's not a service that we do, but we know people that can um, advise and Mm -hmm. test stuff, test it. We're a year and a bit into this journey and I still don't have the app on my phone partly because we can't come to the UK, which is a real shame, but we're in the US. <laughs> financial. Why can't financial. you go to the UK? We are, but we've got to do 12. We've got to sign up for 12 months to this financial reg- regulation body. Mm-hmm. The US is a far less, less red tape. UK gotcha. likes belt and brace everything. Gotcha, so we've gotcha. got to be like a financially regulated business in the UK, although we don't do anything with anyone's bank accounts. And to do that, we have to pay like $20,000. We have to fill out loads of forms. We're like, well, let's just test it in the US. Mm-hmm. And then if we choose to go to the UK in six months time, we'll go there. Awesome. I actually love that philosophy and it's backwards to everything I've heard. Because usually it's do not share your idea because someone will take it. So monetizing on your idea before it's even a full idea that is just backwards thinking and I'm here for it I love it (laughs) yeah the thing is though the idea is worth nothing like anyone can have an idea Mm -hmm. and well how many things are truly original our stuff is like based on five or six different ways of doing it with our own flair and our own take in a very original way but you know it's like what we teach, like this, we learn stuff, don't we, from the generations of generations of generations of generations. So having an idea is like, I would say 2% of the problem. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to leave my corporate business because I didn't have an idea. I had 50 ideas. I just didn't know what I was really saying is I don't know which idea is going to work. Right. And so I did nothing. And it took me three years to leave corporate. So with this, we were trying to work backwards we kind of got an idea let's test see what will work and then we'll roll we started with a really big scope and then we were just like smaller 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 what's the simplest easiest way we can test this out yeah that is genius i'm thank you i might steal it on my next whatever idea comes next (laughs) do it and tell me i'd love to know nice so what's the best advice you have received it can be personal or professional. Oh, I was thinking mm-hmm. about this. I would always used to say, you can do anything you want, but you have to like try. So that's mm-hmm. what my, my, I was so lucky, a very supportive family. And they made me believe that. 
But what that did also drive was a really strong hard work ethic and thinking that money had to be hard. So, you know, like a lot of these things, there can be a real positive and there can be a real negative. But right. I think the best piece of advice I had do was probably my mom just saying to me, if you want to do drama at school, if you want to do dance, if you want to do photography, it doesn't matter about the academia, do what you love because you'll be really good at it. And from passion, money comes. That's awesome. That is not something you hear regularly. So that's amazing. You had a mom that was so before her time. (laughs) She was, she was. Great. So you said you had a a toddler flare up earlier, which means you have kids. How has having kids affected this whole crazy thing, especially since you're on the other side of the world? So I know that the phone calls and stuff have to be not at your nine to five business hours. Mm -hmm. Um, So I have a nearly five-year-old and nearly two-year-old it's been the best thing and the hardest thing. I love them. Um, but I teach getting help and I have full-time help at home, housekeeping, cleaning, childcare. And so I really value my time and I do the bits that I want to do. So after this, mm-hmm. I'm going to go swimming with my children and then, uh, well, actually I'm going out for the evening, but other than <laughs> normally it's like, you know, do my work thing. I'll do the fun thing with them, but I, I probably haven't touched a washing machine in a month nice. and that's quite a big thing to say because like my mother-in-law is a farmer's wife and it's like you're just you just I don't understand why you have this help I don't understand why you have this business and then I take everyone on a nice holiday like okay I can understand that mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah having children has been amazing my little boy was very premature so I faced some real fears with having them about like the medical side of things and so once I got mm-hmm. through that I I have to remind myself this, actually. I feel like I can do anything now because I did that and I thought I was like, I thought that was going to be the end of my life and I did that. That's awesome. Very dramatic. You can see why I do drama. (laughs) You still do or you did? No, I did. Yeah. Why don't you? Because I feel like I'm not performing, but like I get a lot of external, like doing lots of podcasts, lots of coaching, lots of conversations with people. I I actually much prefer just being me than some other character now. I love that. That is so good because I did drama a little in school too. And I realized it was more of a, I could be who I wanted because I wasn't being myself, you know? So I, I love hearing that now you don't need drama because you just get to be whoever you are. That's awesome. We do. Um, I know one of the things you want to ask was about for fun. So I was literally just going to ask that. (laughs) Uh, But we have horses on the farm. So yesterday, my son, my eldest son just got a new pony. So at at really early this morning before the heat wave came through, I took them out on a little ride. And yeah, so we've, we, we love being outdoors. We love, yeah, animals. That's really a big part of our, we, we just love home. So being at home. Yeah. So what kind of farm? Is we it like an animal farm or a, a food farm? and pigs mostly, but we have a few horses, yeah. a few sheep, a few things, but it's mostly crops and pigs. Nice. Are they really as smart as they say they are? Yeah, they are. Yeah. 
Can you teach them tricks and stuff? Or do you not? We do on a (laughs) large intensive scale, but we did have this one. I'm going to be completely digressed. We called her um, Marmite. Marmite? Marmalade. (laughs) No, we had one called Marmalade. And it says Marmite. Marmite was, I didn't know there was something wrong with her or something, but she she just hooked onto my husband. So every time he went and fed them, which wasn't that often, it was all over the Christmas period. So he was helping do a lot of the feeding. She was never scared of him. She just went straight up to him, followed him around. And so we saved her. She didn't go to slaughter. She had loads of piglets. And mm-hmm. all of her piglets were really friendly, really intelligent, not scared. Really? Yeah. yeah. That's a little interesting story. <laughs> I told you, I did this so I could get to know the people, not just the titles and the acronyms and the <laughs> doctor, physic, blah, blah, blahs. I mean... They're really impressive, and I know the work that goes into getting them, but we're all just people at the end of the day. You yeah. take your pants off like I do. I mean, some people don't struggle as much, but <laughs> we still put them on the same way, you know? <laughs> it's funny because in England, yeah, pants are not trousers. We call them trousers. Oh, so when you yes, said, I forgot. When you said pants, I was actually thinking underwear, <laughs> which I'm happy to go to, you know? But don't worry, for for any listener on this podcast, we're not about to remove any underwear. That you know of. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, we have bonded quickly. (laughs) No, I've actually learned that a lot through this podcast because I, believe it or not, used to be super shy and a super big introvert. And then I went through trauma therapy and realized it was just a trauma response. And I'm actually an extrovert and I love being around people. (laughs) So I had friends. I was like, hey, you need to do this podcast because they were already into podcasting. And everybody thought it was a good idea, but nobody had the capacity for it or they didn't have the passion because they don't have 17 years in IT like I do. So after two years of this idea, just rolling around and not going away, I decided to do it. And it was one of the best decisions because now I feel like I've made so many new friends Mm. because I just get to know everyone and their backstory and what brought them into it. And I just, it's one of the best decisions. I love it. Oh, question. Can Can I ask you a question? Oh, yes. That was my next question as do you oh. have a question? <laughs> well, there we go. Well, it was only saying that from how did that like is what's the most significant change that like ref, I'm going to say refinding your extrovertness or whatever mm-hmm. you want to frame it like what's kind of some of the big change like did you see any changes? In myself? Yeah, in yourself like what? Yeah, I just love from that kind of, maybe it wasn't like an epiphany kind of moment. Maybe it was like a slow build, but more so like how are things different for you now, now that you've discovered that actually you're an extrovert and it was a trauma response? So it was definitely a slow build. Just it's been years of working through it and I'm still, I'm working with another therapist now for other stuff. But when I when I actually really realized that I am an extrovert was in the last couple months. Like I've always, yeah, I've always known that when I would get in a room, I would like being around people, but the getting there was 
it was like pulling teeth. I'd have to like pump myself up and I'm like, okay, I can do this. And now a couple months ago, we bought our dry cleaner and Mm -hmm. my husband quit his job and he's now working for us full time. Well, we used to work in the same office. He was right behind me. You know, we spent all day together. So it went from that to me being in my basement all by myself. And after a month or two, he was telling me, he had called me to tell me something. He's like, yeah, our lead, she told me this and blah, blah, blah. And I'm going over here and talking to this person. And I got so jealous. Like I was so jealous and it wasn't a, I can't believe he's talking to her kind of jealousy and I'd never felt it before. So Mm -hmm. I'm the therapy process I'm going through right now is called IFS, which is integrated family system. Oh yeah. Yeah. I have heard of it, but not not like. Right. So essentially what she helps me do is go down into myself and find out where this is coming from. So that I can actually know it. So I sit down and I'm like, okay, I'm not jealous of him talking to other people. I'm totally fine with that. I'm not even jealous that he's out there because he's working hard and I am not jealous (laughs) of how hard he's working, you know? So I was like, where is this? And after a little while, I realized I was lonely. I didn't have people to interact with. Like, I love getting to meet people over Zoom, but it's just definitely a different thing than being in a room with someone it is it's not the same yeah and I realized that now that I didn't have him I was alone most of the day and I was like I am not cool with that I am an extrovert I need people now (laughs) so I uh, started working out with a friend of mine I see her almost every day I'm going out networking for work now I'm making making sure to go out in public because I'm no longer hiding from people I'm ready to oh I love that ready to meet (laughs) yeah of course it was it was very weird because I've always thought myself an introvert and to realize it was just a safety mechanism. It's amazing what you learn is actually you and what you have either talked yourself into or been programmed by yourself to do. So it's fun stuff. <laughs> also, therapy is like my favorite thing to talk about, <laughs> just so you know. <laughs> All righty. So that is really all I have for you. Do you have anything else? Any closers? Any go here and sign up and start paying us money to get on this? (laughs) Well, I do have a link. Um, (laughs) If you're happy for me to share my link with me, with you to put in the show notes, I have nothing, it's nothing paid. It's just a video explaining about the app and a wait list and everything it does. And you can see our unicorn branding. It's just stunning. (laughs) The business is called mysimplehq.com and I think it's forward slash waitlist, but I will send you the right one. If anyone's listening to this and wants to just come and connect, come and find me on Instagram. I'm sky underscore barber and I love a chat in the DM. So yeah, come and tell me what you've taken away from this podcast and thank you so much for listening. Awesome. I will definitely, I'll link your Insta and your uh, URL, oh, but you'll send yeah. me that and I can link I that for you. I'll look it up. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, thank you for reaching out. I'm so glad we met. Me too. All right, you have a good night.
It is night, right? Yeah. Okay. No, Have a good no, night. Bedtime, but yeah. Okay. Bye. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope you had as much fun as I did. If you liked this, please rate, review, and subscribe to ensure that you can more easily find me in the future. Thank you again. Bye. We got the right stuff. We put the hammer right down.